As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. It is clearly now the will of the Parliamentary Conservative Party that there should be a new leader of that party and therefore a new Prime Minister. Politics in general has taken total leave of its senses. Changing one man at the top of the Tory party won't make any difference. It won't fix the problems. Let's have a fresh start for Britain. Let's have a real change of government. You're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Ewan Potts. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up on today's programme, we talk to Conservative MP and Vice Chair of the 1922 Committee, Nusrat Ghani, as the Conservative leadership debates begin this evening. And our correspondent Lizzie Burden will join us to set out what she's watching out for from the candidates' TV performances. Plus, we hear from the CEO of polling company Ipsos, Kelly Beaver, on what the British public makes of the summer fight to replace the Prime Minister. But first, and then there were five. Rishi Sunak, Penny Mordaunt, Liz Truss, Kemi Badenoch and Tom Tugendhat now face four days of TV debates, press scrutiny and lobbying their colleagues in Parliament before the next round of voting by MPs. Well, as the list gets smaller, politicos will be watching out for who MPs vote for after their first choice is kicked out of the race. Suella Braverman, who lost yesterday's vote, threw her, her support behind the Foreign Secretary Liz Truss. For me, Liz's experience speaks volumes. She's uh, not only one of the most senior members of the government and foreign secretary, but she's held so many different uh, senior leadership positions within government. And I think that really equips her well to, uh, to lead the country as prime minister. Of course, there are other big issues looming that the winner of this leadership race will need to address as Prime Minister. A group representing the energy industry is warning of, quote, scary winter energy crisis ahead. Energy UK says the bills will reach new records in the coming months and candidates for Prime Minister will need to focus on the rising cost of living. Meanwhile, rail workers have added another two days of planned strike action to the summer calendar. The strikes will be something for the new Prime Minister to address as that campaign goes on. Well, let's get to our first guest, Conservative MP Nusrat Ghani, recently re-elected Vice Chair of the party's 1922 committee. Nusrat, thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Westminster. Congratulations on your uh, re-election. Now, are you happy that MPs have had enough time to make such an important decision? It does seem that we're rattling through these early stages uh, very rapidly. It's been great fun to watch for politicos, but are MPs really getting enough time to, to make this choice? Goodness gracious me, they're most definitely getting enough time. The candidates aren't new to the MPs. 
Westminster is quite a small space. Colleagues know what the MPs stand for, especially if they've held serious cabinet positions. They'll know exactly what their positions are on the economy, on the environment, on other social issues as well. They would have seen them at the dispatch box, so they would have heard them at events in and around Westminster, let alone in Parliament. So none of the candidates are new to members of Parliament. Um, now, I understand that you're not giving a, your position on who you're favouring because of your position on the 1922 committee, but I'm, I'm wondering, the uh, as so many candidates uh, have are now jockeying for space, is has everyone really made up their minds already or is there a lot of behind-the-scenes lobbying going on? I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I think some, some, some of my colleagues would have had a firm decision immediately when they heard somebody was running, whether they were for them or they were uncomfortable about them becoming prime minister. Sometimes colleagues support candidates who they know aren't going to win, but think it's good to have that side argument or that part of the party being represented ideologically in these discussions as well. But of course, everything is still to play for because you can, if you, for example, you the party, if you're passionate about a particular issue for the environment, for example, you can continue to interrogate the candidates and ask them what the position would be, what processes would have in place to help you champion the causes that you most represent in Westminster. I suspect that everybody will be watching the debate tonight because tonight is also about how you communicate, how you communicate to a wider audience, even though the votes remain in the hands of the 358 MPs. It's being able to present the Conservative Party, fundamentally, but also how you're going to champion the ideas with the Conservative Party that we will have to constantly um, constantly speak to to our voters to ensure that we can have the confidence to win the next general election. I'm lucky as Vice Chair of the 22. I'm unable to declare who I am supporting, which gives me a huge amount of time back in my life, so I don't have to deal with um, <laughs> emails and phone calls from candidates and the candidates' team. So it's a huge blessing, actually, to be on the 22, even though we're under huge stress to make sure that we perform every ballot and every hosting and every element of the process accurately. Yes, I want to ask you about the process, actually. So uh, the Telegraph reports that uh, candidates are being asked to sign something called or nicknamed the Andrea Leadsom Clause, uh, where they uh, agree in writing that they won't withdraw from the contest if they're one of the final two to prevent uh, the coronation uh, that we saw uh, with Theresa May. So there is actually a choice uh, going to the country. Can you confirm that is being put to the candidates? The 92 committee never leaks. I'm not sure where the Telegraph got that um, fictional story from. It's absolutely right that the members of the Conservative Party have the final say. So we will have two candidates going out across the country doing 12 regional hustings. And, you know, we want to make sure that both the candidates remain in the race. And we're obviously making it clear that that's what we need to do. I think candidates also are going to want the confidence of the members if they win to ensure that they have the authority to take charge of the Conservative Party. But look, the 1922 committee in the UK is dubbed the men in white suits. I am the only female on the, <laughs> on the board, so it's women and men in grey suits. And often we're asked if we're asking for contracts in blood from, from candidates. We're not that kind of Conservatives. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> we're asking for assurances to make sure that there are two remaining candidates to go out to Hustings and to allow the Conservative members to have a final say. But I know you call it a, a fictional story, but uh, so, so, so you're saying that they haven't been asked to sign this? 
I have no idea what that is. I, I don't know what, what, what that is. What I do know is that it's been made very clear to the candidates. And, and obviously they want to do that too. They want to be able to get out to the country and make sure that they, they want to take part in the things. And it's absolutely vital that our members have a say at the end. Are you happy with the, the diversity of candidates that you have in the lineup? We've got three women, three people of colour in the final six. That, that's a, an interesting representation given the wider base of the party. I think it's British politics is is very different to other um, politics around the world, and it, it, the campaign for some has been quite quick. For others, they may have been thinking about this and you know preparing for quite some time. But it's it's not that difficult to become a candidate. All you've got to do is say you want to put your hat in the ring, and then there's a huge amount of work that continues after that. So I, I love the fact that it's it's an equal start for everybody who wants to give this a shot. And I think it's fantastic for the Conservative Party to have such a diverse range of candidates, both in gender, both in race, but also shows you the different types of Conservatives that we have as well, because not all of them are aligned on all the big policy issues. Um, But look, I'm a Conservative uh, Member of Parliament. I was um, my party's first female Muslim MP, and I was our country's first female Muslim minister. The Conservative Party is the place to be if you... You know, if you believe in the values within the Conservative Party and you want to be respected and just responded to on what you stand for. Now, that's right. Should the new election, should the new leader hold an election? I think I know what you're probably going to say to that. And and if not, then shouldn't they stick to the 29 manifesto that they were elected on? Well, first of all, we have a parliamentary system and um, the, the British public and our constituents vote for the makeup of the parliament. And then Parliament, um, within its processes, decides on the leader of their party. And uh, we, as MPs and also with our members, decide the leader of our party. We have an 80-seat majority. That's the confidence the public gave to the Conservative Party. So the Conservative Party will um, continue to to legislate and respond to you know my constituents up and down the country. And the next election is due, I believe, in 18 or 24 months' time or even longer. There is an element of the Conservative Party airing its dirty laundry in public, the way that this contest is playing out, TV debates that we'd normally see reserved for national elections. Do you worry that perhaps this could be actually damaging to the party in the public eye to have this contest play out in this way? It's a double-edged sword because uh, um, one argument will be, and this is the argument that I firmly sort of the side that I go on, which is this is a great opportunity for us to talk about conservative values, conservative policies. Um, and lots of people in the UK are going to, if they're not already, have quite a difficult time ahead of them, especially when it comes to fuel bills and, and cost of living. And this will be a good way of showcasing the work that we're hoping to do with a new leader in place. And also showcase the work that has already gone on before, but how we're going to refresh the leadership and refresh our direction and you're right, this is normally reserved for big election time events, but it just tells you the way that um, the media's moved on, social media's now heavily involved in, in, in campaigns, and also the public's desire to consume this sort of um, content. It's not everyone's cup of tea to be watching the leadership debate tonight, but it's amazing how many people are interested in politics, and hopefully they'll become more engaged, and that will make it a healthy place for our democracy. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work 
passion and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Now, the bookmakers' odds were rocked by a YouGov poll of Conservative members this week, which showed they would be back almost anyone other than Rishi Sunak. Today on Betfair, Sunak is now third favourite. A big change from the beginning of this week. So polls matter. And ahead of tonight's first TV debate for the Conservative candidates, polls are the only real resource that MPs have got to tell what the public are thinking. Well, we've been speaking to the chief executive of Ipsos in the UK, Kelly Beaver, about how the race winner of the race will need to appeal beyond the Tory party base. Because the public will eventually matter. Once this goes through the membership vote and a new prime minister is elected by the party, they have to be able to be appealing to the general public because we are going to lead into the next 18 months. We're going to be absolutely critical from both a delivery perspective for this government as they lead into the period for a general election. And they really need a candidate who does lots of different things. They need somebody who comes forward to be the new prime minister, who has the leadership characteristics that the public say matter to them today. And they are different from the characteristics that they wanted from a prime minister back in 2019. Back then, being good in a crisis, also having a strong patriotic streak and being seen to be a strong leader were the top characteristics that really mattered in in who they wanted leading the country. Today, other characteristics have risen, like being really at one and understanding what it's like to be a, a sort of a normal average Britain in the country, really understanding normal life, but also trustworthiness and integrity have risen. And obviously that is... Um, I guess, a a reaction to what perhaps Mm. was part of the uh, previous Prime Minister's uh, challenges. 
the other other really key part is they're going to need somebody who can tackle some of those challenges you just mentioned public disruption strike action um, a real sense amongst the public currently that the country's going in the wrong direction heavy economic pessimism the worst we've seen in over 40 years on our tracking studies and then of course the cost of living crisis linked to that and what it means for the average person on the street so lo- lots of policy but also characteristics and more recently okay. as you'll have seen in the papers this morning the background the personal background and story of those candidates will yes. really matter when put to the public test now normally obviously you focus on on nationwide election results are you doing any work around this race We're doing quite a bit around this contest and having a look at the different candidates, public awareness and familiarity, who they think would make a good prime minister, what kind of characteristics they want in a leader. And then more recently, we put out a piece yesterday just testing the public on their views of whether the backgrounds of the candidates really matter and their personal history, because you will see the front pages this morning are covering very heavily Penny Mordaunt in particular, because she was relatively unknown. And I think that background will really start to matter as they get into that wider debates that we're going to see on the television right through until next Tuesday. I think now there'll be quite a lot of coverage of it. Just briefly, in terms of the five candidates, then who who has got most kind of household name recognition, I suppose? Is it somebody like Liz Truss, who's had a lot of a lot of jobs in top government? So Rishi Sunak, actually, which shouldn't be a surprise because he did have some of the most top jobs in central government as the chancellor, former chancellor. Liz Truss, uh, she's she's up there. She's got about a third of people who say that they're aware of her. Sunak comparison to that is six and ten. And then Morden to Stein and around one in five people who say they recognise her. But just to sanity check this a little bit, we also give the public when we do this a bit of a test and we add in somebody who is not a leadership candidate so that we can find out whether they are overclaiming or whether there's a lot of what we call yay saying. And we give them a candidate called Stuart Lewis. And 12% of the British public believe that um, they are aware of familiar with him as a leadership candidate too so bear in mind there are all these numbers on awareness are slightly inflated. What about the, the Conservative Party's prospects if there were to be an election after all of this you know is, is there a leader that perhaps could be better for the Conservative Party in a, in a national poll? So at the minute we do we compare each of the candidates to Keir Stammer who's the current leader of the Labour Party and, and bear in mind at this point in time the Labour Party have been seeing a real stretch in their lead in the voting intention polls as a party so some of the pollsters have them at sort of 15% point lead on the Conservative Party at the minute and that distance has been gaining whilst the Conservatives are in a bit of turbulence Rishi Sunak is the one who comes out at the minute. They have a higher proportion of the public think he would do a very or fairly good job as Prime Minister comparatively to 33% who say Keir Stammer would do the same job. Obviously, there are huge differences there between Conservative and Labour Party voters. Okay, that was Kelly Beaver, Chief Executive of Ipsos in the UK, speaking to Carolyn Hepker uh, and I about the sort of attributes the public are looking for in the Tory leadership candidates. So the nation will be glued to their TVs this evening as the final candidates line up tonight for the big showdown. Well, that's Love Island on ITV. Over on Channel 4, the Conservative leadership contenders will be holding their first TV showdown. Well, our debate correspondent Lizzie Burden is here with more. Lizzie, thanks so much for joining us on uh, Bloomberg Westminster. Now, uh, in the age of um, social media, why do we still care about TV debates? I don't know about you, Ewan, but I quite like Love Island. But this is the moment where instead 
instead of just doing media interviews that are focused on themselves and publishing all these slick videos on Twitter, they're going to go head to head. And candidates like Penny Mordaunt, for example, have a really fine line to walk because she needs to both maintain her popularity with the Conservatives, but also try and make a good impression on the public. This is kind of her debut because they don't know her so well. At the moment, it's Trust Sunak and Mordaunt who are the front runners. They're jostling for position. But it's also the chance for lesser known candidates like Kemi Badenoch and Tom Tugendhat to fly their policy kites and see how the public reacts. And if they go down well with the public, the MPs who are voting now and the party members who are voting later will note that perhaps one of those candidates could be stronger against opposition leader Keir Starmer in a general election. But ultimately, the the more mudslinging that goes on between the candidates over the weekend, the uglier that it gets, the less likely the losing candidates are to get jobs in the winner's cabinet and the more divided the party appears to the public when a general election eventually comes. Lizzie, when you talk about the policies there, in terms of economic policies, where are the dividing lines between the candidates that are left in the race? Yeah, tax cuts have been the main fault line so far. So Rishi Sunak's campaigning on his record as Chancellor. He says he doesn't want to cut taxes until inflation's under control. But all the other candidates are offering tax cuts to varying degrees. Trust, for example, has said that the pandemic debt should be treated as a war debt. So balancing the books shouldn't be an immediate priority. She says she'd cut corporation tax. But interestingly, they're battling to be the heir to Margaret Thatcher. But David Willits, who worked for Thatcher's policy unit before serving as a Treasury Minister. He said that willy-nilly tax cuts aren't Thatcherite at all. Uh, You know, Margaret Thatcher thought that tax cuts had to be earned through fiscal discipline. And that really echoes all the former chancellors who've backed Rishi Sunak. Also, Bloomberg's Alex Wickham has a report today that as Chancellor, Rishi Sunak tried to impose a green levy on petrol and diesel, which would have added to the cost of living. But eventually it was rejected by the Prime Minister and other cabinet members had opposed it as well. So even if this measure never saw the light of day, Sunak's opponents are going to try to paint him in these debates as out of touch. And you heard from the Ipsos boss there saying how important it is to show that empathy with the public. They're going to try to show him as someone who's trying to raise taxes at a time when the economy needs a boost and people need a break. But it's not just about tax cuts, it's also about the economy more broadly. Uh, Badenoch was previously a Treasury Minister. She suggested that the Treasury should be broken up with responsibility for economic growth brought into number 10. Mordaunt's advocated that as well, which is curious really because it failed as a strategy when Harold Wilson was Labour Prime Minister in the 1960s. His Department of Economic Affairs eventually was killed off. And it'll also be finally interesting to see how much... uh, how many bullets are fired at the Bank of England for the surging inflation problem? Because Tom Tugendhat has criticised quantitative easing, um, but no one really is suggesting that the bank should no longer be independent. And really, the level of the conversation on uh, the Bank of England and the economy more generally will be a mark of how competent they would be in handling the UK's path out of this economic crisis. Mm, so some key divine lines on the economy. What about policy uh, beyond the economy? Some of those uh, controversial Uh, cultural issues. Yeah, the culture wars, uh, really trans rights have become a fault line 
not just in the Conservative Party, but in UK politics and this whole question of what a woman is. It'd be interesting to see who launches into that and who tries to step away, sidestep away from it. And then, the, of course, there's also Brexit. Ironically, Liz Truss has become the Brexit candidate. She's got the backing of the European Research Group, which is a big, powerful faction in the Tory party. And that's despite having voted Remain at the referendum. Um, ultimately, another big fault line is how closely the candidates are linked to Boris. Boris Johnson. Tom Tugendhat hasn't held a major cabinet role. He's been the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee. That's how he's raised his profile. He's done a lot in the media. And he's spinning all of that as a plus, that he hasn't been tainted by the scandals that brought down Johnson's administration, unlike the others. Because remember, Liz Truss has never even quit. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.